0: You're listening to the Cars of Carlisle Network, podcast episode number 107, featuring Dirt Track Racing Family, The Ondex.
1: Cars of Carlisle is your favorite internationally downloaded podcast about all things automotive. Darren and his CFC team are ever searching for interesting automotive happenings, real stories about real car people, and fun features to inform and entertain you. Each week, the Cars of Carlisle crew brings you show topics ranging from car shows to team adventures to auto racing weekends to behind the scenes human interest stories from car nuts that live across town, across the country, or even across the globe. Come join the road trip. Today, meet the On Deck family. Dirt Track Racing has been a part of Matt and Nikki's household, marriage, and business for many racing seasons. As owners of Carlisle Branch of Midas Mufflers, the Ondex are immersed in the automotive industry. When the weekends arrive, it's time for them to go racing. Matt, with years of dirt oval track experience, coupled with the support of his wife Nikki, continues to run their two race cars around the greater central Pennsylvania tracks. Now, with teenage son Dylan reaching driving age, and his own talents as an e-racer, the on-deck racing team may soon have an additional driver. When it comes to their sportsman class sprint car, it's all hands on decks. So,
0: let's get revved up! Hello and welcome back, Cubers, to your favorite informative automotive podcast. I am your trusted host, Darren. This is episode 107, and we will be speaking with Carlisle local Dirt Oval race car driver Matt Ondeck, his wife and crew chief Nikki, along with her son Dylan, who could truly have a promising racing career ahead of him. So, would like to thank my entire CFC team for their hard work, their support, long hours. But a really special thanks goes out to the entire team at Porsche Mechanicsburg, and to Mike Garland and our friends at Carlisle Events. Let's not forget that you guys, the listeners and fans of the Cars of Carlisle Network, are why we do this podcast. Thank you for coming back week after week, downloading, listening, following, supporting, sharing with friends and family, and rating and reviewing the show on iTunes. Truly, the more people that we have that support us, the more we can do, the more we can bring to you in the way of fun and informative car content. We do need your help, and thank you for supporting us, being there week after week. Just thanks for riding along with us. Before we cruise down East High Street here in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, to the On Dex business, which is the Midas shop in town, I wanted to remind you of the Courage Virtual Car Show. That Courage acronym stands for Car Owners United Rallying Against Global Epidemics. It has launched. I, like you, am so ready to get out there in the sun, walking around cars at the local shows, Carlisle events shows, wherever you may go. Uh, I know we're all ready for that, but... While we are still coming out of the sheltering, we have a fun diversion for you. Go out, if you will, to carsofcarlisle.com and check on the virtual car show. Click on the license plate in the upper left corner of the splash page, then go to the ignition switch, and it'll take you right to the virtual show field. But through this, with a small donation, every single dollar raised in the registration entries and the donations themselves will go directly to the charity Feeding America and it's our way of helping those that are less fortunate. You can register your car or cars easily online for judging the day of the event, which is going to be Saturday, June 13th at 9 a.m. And we are working with other uh, committee members and, and businesses right now to solidify celebrity judges, prizes, all kinds of online cars for you to view, etc. cetera. So uh, please help support others while at the same time enjoying what we all love, and that's cars. Cars, trucks, vehicles, four-wheeled objects, you name it. So it's time now for this week's trivia question. So here we go. As Matt and on Ondek own the Midas store in Carlisle, this week's question will be automotive service shop related in the sense of this multiple choice question. In what year was Midas Incorporated founded? A, 1949, B, 1946, C, 1961, D, 1974. That answer coming up at the end of the show. So let's go talk to Matt, Nikki, and Dylan
2: well wow, that's uh that's interesting he uh he beats my butt all the time so he does <laughs> still learning of course i don't get to practice as much as what he does
0: well and i think you've you've uh Nicky may have mentioned that you may remind him that it's a little different when you're actually in the car out among traffic no
2: oh, yeah i keep telling him every time uh he's gonna be 16 here on sunday so uh he can get to the track now so i don't want to laugh him at all when he gets on the track (laughs) that's Uh, what i keep telling him
0: understood (laughs) yeah we sometimes have to uh experience things firsthand to realize what's what's involved and certainly uh driving virtually can be uh, a lot different than the real thing
2: absolutely a lot
0: different well how did um how did you get into racing Want to talk a little bit about that and and uh, because one of the things I always like to talk about in the podcast is how people knew that they were uh, they were car fans that they had racing oil and, and uh, uh, high octane pumping through their veins. When is it that you felt like? I mean, obviously you own the Midas uh, Auto Shop in Carlisle here. So Mm -hmm. your your livelihood is obviously automotive based. You have uh, the two on deck racing teams, but when if we go back, uh, when did you know that you were a car person, Matt? And then Nikki, maybe talk a little about how you got into all of that, Uh, and then certainly you know Dylan was raised in that environment. So maybe kind of go all the way back and start go forward again.
2: All right, so. So my starting race, and I started going to Silver Spring Speedway in 1979. My dad took me in my first race. Wow! And I just fell in love with it from there at Silver Spring Speedway. Um, Started going there every Saturday night when I was a kid, and uh, just basically grew up down there. Mm -hmm. And uh,
0: how old were when you when you first raced, How old a guy were you? How young? When
2: I first started racing,
0: or when you went to Silver Spring?
2: I thought I would have been, what, five years old.
0: Okay, all right.
2: I started going there when I was five, and I just fell in love with it. And We were going there every Saturday night when we were kids up through, and uh, if I couldn't make a race, man, it was the end of the world.
0: (laughs) I bet. (laughs) And that was a great track until it now turned into a giant uh, shopping center, but
1: uh, I, I remember
0: going there myself during my high school years.
2: Yeah, I would love to see the place now if it wouldn't have been tore down.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: But I started, my dad worked with Bill Hecker, the late Bill Hecker, back in the day, had a PPG. And then uh, he sort of got me on the crew with Bill, and I was working with Bill. And and, uh, and you know, I raced go-karts and stuff prior. My wife just reminded me. I raced go-karts and stuff like that um, at Hunterstown Speedway and up at Shippensburg. hmm and then uh after that I got into sportsman helping Bill Heckert. And uh and then my wife actually helped on the crew too, and that's how her and I met. And uh I guess one thing led to another. <laughs> we ended up buying a race car from the late Harold Boyd back in the day.
0: Yeah, what what and, year uh, was that you think when you first became a car owner or team owner?
2: Nineteen ninety
0: six. Okay. All right.
2: I, I raised from '96 till the closing of Silver Spring Speedway in what was that? 2006.
0: Okay. Now, what was obviously when you own the car and you're behind the wheel of it, do you feel that it's it's a little bit different when you re- think each time I got to pay to replace that part, I've got to, you know, I'm sure you look at it a little differently when you wear both hats, correct? Yeah. I like to be very
2: conservative. I, uh, I'm the type of guy that if my car's not right, um, I will give anybody the position because I, I don't want to tear my equipment up or anybody else's equipment up. I'm just not that person. You know what I mean?
0: I do.
2: I do. I uh, I like saving equipment if I can. Unlike my boy and I racing, all he has to do is hit a a hey, uh, read that button and off we go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, we'll talk definitely i racing here uh, a little bit further into yeah. the interview, but I know that I'm uh, an Xbox One racer, and it is very different. You don't have the; uh, uh, it's not as critical when you when you're doing 120 and you see that uh, that wall coming up because it, you're not actually in that reality. But it is very different, uh, as you said, when you're. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. What um, so? Continue on. Okay, so you you raced right up to the end of Silver Spring. Once that track closed, what came? What was the next era? What happened uh, uh, with your racing team?
2: Well, then we uh, we ended up going to Williams Grove Speedway after after the Silver Spring closed up. We went to Williams Grove and we started the season there. And after many years of trying to become a family and have a little one, and mm-hmm. we finally had a. A, uh, well Dylan I guess he was going here while we were at Silver Spring but we had our second kid um, and then at that point in time we decided we needed to you know we were offered the business at Midas I started working at Midas in 1994 Okay, and uh, we were there and the, the owner at the time he offered me if I wanted to buy the shop so um, that was in about what year was that 2004 2006 Okay. So we figured we we're gonna put a hold on racing and uh purchase the shop and uh raise two kids, yeah. Nikki's back there saying and raise two kids, she reminded me here. <laughs> and uh you know, then after you know, getting the shop under our control and, and sorta of getting our life going there, um, after ten years off from racing, we got back into racing. Wow. Um, about four what, well, four years ago now.
1: Okay tried, tried,
2: it. tried, getting Dylan into go-kart for a while, which he was doing go-karting for a while. And, uh, he was in a bad wreck one night and broke his wrist and all that. And a
0: oh,
2: week after we went back to go-kart racing, after coming back from that wreck, he actually won a race. And then, uh, after that, he, uh, he was done. You could tell on the track he didn't have the drive anymore. It was like scaring him because of that wreck. And mm-hmm. I said, dude, if you don't want to do it anymore, Dad will get back into a car, and
0: that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. That's very cool. Now, is uh, is he with you now? Yeah, he's sitting here. Well, Dylan, are, what are your aspirations? And I know we'll talk here in a little bit about iRacing, racing, but are you thinking about getting back into a physical car?
2: Um, maybe in the future. Um, maybe I don't really know yet. Okay. Still thinking.
0: No, I get it and Nikki, for you, if you end up having both a husband and a son out on the track, that's got to be a little bit of a nail biter, correct?
1: yeah, just a little bit. yeah I actually <laughs> told the, the the promoter over at BAPS the one night I'm like, if he ever gets in a car, features fine, but do not ever put them in the same heat together uh, <laughs> he laughed at me
0: Well, and you probably were serious about the the request I mean it's you yeah you got a lot riding on that. For sure I do Yeah when they're
1: in a feature it's okay But I really don't want them
0: in a the same heat race together No I get it Wow well, and you see how things can get at you know Virtual racing it gets a little little competitive at times So when Oh my yes Now when did racing enter your your world Nikki? Um 90, I want to say
1: 92 okay. maybe Alright 91 or 92 I want to say 1992 on uh, Wild Bill Peckard's crew
0: okay so then did you get the bug from that point forward
1: um yeah it, I, I think like it was an every weekend thing loved it loved Wild Bill mm-hmm. um he was always a hoot to, to be around and sure. to be with um and yeah it was sort of cause I really honestly didn't go to a whole lot of races when I was younger
0: okay um
1: my parents were into NASCAR um so I mean I had done like Dover and stuff like that with my parents but not a lot of local stuff right so that when I got into that it was a whole new ball game I learned quick um but it it was it was fun and you know I've always loved the sportsman division and sprints are fun and Mm -hmm. um yeah it's it's fun, and now now you know. Once the husband started, that's when it it got a little scary. Of at a point, of course, yeah, um, nerve wracking. But it's always fun. It, it you know there's, the racing family is is a blast, and that's just, they're a whole other family. Truly,
0: I'm sure, I'm sure. And how is it now that we're all going through this uh, the pandemic situation? And everything. What's happening with the with the race season? what kind of communication are the three of you having with the race community?
1: Uh, uh on Facebook all the time. Okay. Um, we're, we're interconnected via that. Um, phone calls, like we're even, you know, I have, there's people from the track that I call. Um, my, my, one of my best friends is the 50, 50 lady over at that. Donna. So, you know, we talk on the on the daily and um, Facebook messaging, all different stuff. But
0: good. yeah, good. What's happening with the season itself? Uh, when is it? Uh, is it uh, slated to reopen in a certain date? Are they waiting to see what happens with the state and everything else?
1: Yeah, they are waiting to see. I guess to get the green, the green, the green to be able to open up. <laughs> right. Man. Um. So yeah, I mean, I. I do know they, at BAPS anyway, um, got the go-ahead to do, like they can rent a track out to drivers. Okay. Um, They just got that go-ahead the other day.
0: Okay,
1: good. Um, So they can do that but not race. So, uh, yeah, we're sort of waiting to see if and when we're going to start to race, but I think they're waiting for the state at this point to let them know when they're able to, you know, actually be able to do it.
0: Okay. All right. Well, what have you found to be the uh and this question is really for all three of you, but uh particularly Matt and Nikki what is one of the best things about getting back into the racing world from four or five years ago uh that you're finding with the community and, and just your your extended family, if you will?
2: Oh. oh, you're gonna answer that one? Okay. Bonding with my family.
1: Okay. Good. I think it brings
2: us all a lot
1: closer. My kids absolutely love it. Um, and our kids also have a lot of friends um, that from school that actually, like my daughter has some friends that go to the racetrack um, and they hang out. My son actually has some of the kids that he drove go-karts with at Hunterstown actually moved up to the Legends Division. Okay. So, when they're over there he goes back to their pits and hangs out you know we get to see their those families that we got very close to because the kids were all little they
0: grew <laughs> up together yeah um, so
1: yeah it it's just fun and it's all family and it's you know I don't know it, it's just a, it's a different feeling I mm-hmm. think when you're at the racetrack mm-hmm. um, whether you're a fan or whether you're in the pits as you know an owner driver or whatever it's 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 just fun and it's it's personable and you know for the most part everybody's happy and <laughs> right right um you know um, unless there's some you know some wreck or something going on, but otherwise it's you know it's just that great environment
0: I mean I'm sure everybody looks forward to seeing each other the following week and weekend and all of that absolutely and i i what I've gathered when I've gone to uh dirt track racing is too it more so than most any other motorsport, if somebody needs uh, a jack or somebody needs a rim or somebody needs um, whatever it might be and they have an extra in the trailer, people just, they share and help each other uh, without, I mean, obviously when you're on the track and you're wheel-to-wheel competition full on, but if it's anything in the pits or what have you, there seems to be an incredible amount of camaraderie That I've seen in dirt track racing That you don't really see in any other motorsport
1: Oh, absolutely Yeah, I mean, I can actually recall one night That me, I forgot the uh, I forgot the gloves I forgot the racing gloves That was not a good night I left oh. them here at the house oh. So um, I ran over to uh, to Frankie Her actually And I said, hey, Frank, do you have any other gloves? And mm-hmm. he did um, So he, he handed them to me And, you know and they actually have a brand new pair of gloves. So we ended up in the long run just buying them from them because we need, you know, need that <laughs> yeah. you said anyway. But, you know, he was more than happy regardless. He's like, here, yeah. go, you
0: yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, That's good. And that's that's what it's about. Because at the end of the day, that's where memories are based on the fact of helping one other out. And, um, yeah, we, we may win or everybody may remember their their best feature or whatever or uh, best win what have you but I think it's probably just the friends you've made over the years and the fact that you can count on them in a pinch and just like you explained absolutely well Dylan if you're nearby what uh, growing up at the track essentially any any standout memories for you hanging out with your friends that race or just other other families yeah,
2: just pretty much just hanging out with friends and getting to know a lot of people mm-hmm. um
0: What uh, what role do you have in the pits on race weekend? Fuel, tires, basically everything, just helping out. Okay, whatever needs done. And Nikki, would that be the same for you on race night?
1: Um, For the most part. I mean, I, I help out wherever they yell at me and tell me to go, but for me, <laughs> I'm more safety equipment. Okay. So I will buckle, buckle him in the car and get his helmet and hair off ready and make sure everything, you know, equipment-wise is ready to go.
0: Good. Good. Well, that's just as important, and the fact that you're right there at the last point that uh, you get ready to roll out. So that's probably. Oh yeah, <laughs> every time. No, that's very good. Well, what? Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the I racing side of things. And I I've been on. I've seen the uh, AutoYes.com. Whether it's had your business there, and there's some uh, photos of of. I think there's a photo of Dylan in the. Uh, I guess you call it like the, the virtual, uh, racing seat. And oh, everything. Let's... his racing seat
1: and, and steering wheel. And, oh yeah. And, yeah. and I yeah, know, the...
0: I know that's not cheap. I've priced that out for my Xbox and, and you can, you can spend as much as you want to spend on those kinds of things for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So talk about, was it, uh, Dylan, were you the first one to get into it and then you, uh, you egged your dad into it or how did that, how did the iRacing all start? Um, one of my old racing friends, we heard about
2: it from one of them, and um, we—I I really wanted to get onto it, so asked ask mother to buy me, give me a subscription for it, and got that. And got the. Way, I started out with the Xbox controller racing, and then they got me the steering wheel and pedals and the seat, which made it a lot easier to drive.
0: I'm sure. Yeah, it's a little more natural than holding that uh, that controller in, in the palms of your hand. Yeah. So then, uh, how, how long have you been doing the the eye racing?
1: Two years. Yeah, probably about two years. Two
0: years yeah. Okay. So then, when did you pull Dad into the scene?
1: Often, I'm gonna say often one about a year and a half when he's had the time, which yeah. has not been a lot. So every once in a while, he would get on. Now, recently. We he he's had a little bit extra time with all this stuff oh, going sure. on, so
0: yeah.
1: um, he's pulled him into it a little bit
0: more. <laughs> uh, that's understandable. So Matt, I know we we talked a little bit uh, at the beginning and before we got on air. Um, I'm sure everybody can imagine. There's a lot different. Uh, you don't have the G forces. You don't have the dirt. You don't have things smacking you in the helmet. Uh, probably a very different world sitting in your the privacy of your home versus out there on the track
2: a lot different you know I'm used to you know the super sportsman division we don't have power steering um, where we're at and uh, I keep telling Dylan that's that's the problem <laughs> um, because the racing is power steering and then our division doesn't have power steering so I keep trying to tell him that's the problem why I'm no good at it because I'm used to uh, well, sure. manual steering <laughs> well, I mean, but yeah it's a lot different it, it's it's, you know, it's it's, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain
0: it. Well, no <laughs> amount of artificial feedback uh, is going to equate to whenever you get into a rut or you get high side of the track and you've got to absolutely, you know, wrestle control back. Uh, if you get da- you know, off the groove or whatever it might be, there's no. Oh yeah, just
2: uh, trying to use your foot for the braking and all that stuff. I think on a high race and you're just flooring it the whole day, on time, and hoping for the best. <laughs> Either that or either that or uh you're just not afraid you you know if you wreck it you you don't have to spend money on
0: it <laughs> that's true that's true yeah reset button always helps absolutely oh that's fun <laughs> what uh what would you like to share about uh i know you said uh, obviously you guys uh took over the business and everything but how are things right now in In spite of everything with uh with COVID 19 and has uh business stayed pretty strong what's been happening for you all
2: Um, I would say in the month of April, we really, really slowed up in the month of April with everything going on, which gave us some time to clean the shop up.
0: Mm -hmm. I know Nikki (laughs) Uh, was saying it's time to organize around there. Yeah. We
2: got organized and cleaned up a little bit, but Mm -hmm. now all of a sudden we are right back to normal. I think people are just to the point of, you know, we're going to, we're just going to move on with our life and we're going to keep, keep going at it. And, uh, we we're right back to where we were, and everything's been going really good. We're back busy as heck
0: again. Well, I'm glad to hear that. That's yeah, very important. Yeah. Well, I, absolutely. I know you guys are hardworking, and and if you're not at the shop, you're probably getting ready for the track. Is you have just one is the the backup car, or how does that work? Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, we have a backup car that might be available for the young boy sitting here beside me, if he. Ah. If he wants to come off the I racing deal and uh,
0: get mm-hmm. out on the track, <laughs> mm-hmm. all right. Well, that's not a bad thing to grow into. All right. At all. Well, this I got to really appreciate you guys taking time out of your busy evening uh, to talk with everyone. The Cars of t- uh podcast is really about the people, the community, and just as you shared about the racing community, uh, the people come first, and then the the machinery. Uh, is what brings us all together, and and I know that this interview is uh, going to be heard all over. In fact, I just did the, some uh, review of the analytics. were being downloaded in forty eight of the states and seven Canadian provinces, and actually been downloaded in forty four countries around the world. So, I'll I'll give each of you kind of a final say, knowing that you're talking to people from an audience that. Goes well beyond Cumberland County, well beyond Pennsylvania and the Mid-Atlantic. Um, some may not know much about dirt track racing, so let's start with ladies first. That's right.
1: Um, dirt track racing is fun, family-friendly. Um, I think that's the biggest thing about dirt track racing: is the whole family can go. It's something they can sit and enjoy together. Um, and for our family. Especially like we can put the technology down and go and enjoy it with like minded people and it's just fun. There's competition but it's fun.
0: Good. Good. And it's wholesome. I mean just the fact that you're all together. Good comment on I appreciate that, Nikki. Yeah, absolutely. Dylan, how about you? You've you've spent your life growing up in it. What what would you like people that maybe have never been to a dirt track race to know about it?
2: Um it's Pretty much just for everybody to do. It's a fun thing. Uh, everybody can get together, friends, family, and you can do basically anything. Have fun with drivers. Um, like they come out, you meet them, uh, nights and stuff where you can talk to them, get autographs and stuff. It's just basically for everybody.
0: That's good. And it, I think you hit something really important there. And in the races I've been to, uh, to your mom's point, I've been in the stands where you see. Babies that can't be more than three or four months old have these little miniature headphones or ear protection on. Uh, You see people in their 90s, 80s and 90s that are there. Uh, And everyone, all generations come together. And to your point, Dylan, about the accessibility, it's not often that you can walk a pit row and go up and shake your hero's hand. Well, in addition to your dad being your hero, that is. But in, <laughs> with the fact that you can you can go and talk with these drivers and they make the time for you, that's that's pretty special.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a really fun sport for
0: everybody. That's awesome. All right, your dad has the final say. He is the pilot oh. behind. <laughs> go ahead, Matt.
2: All right, well, best, best thing I could say, it's just a thrill from start to finish, you know, from getting to the track to to the speed meeting fans uh you know coordinating sponsorship which my wife does which i never got a really chance to say you know dry Dean came on board with us and just getting to know all the guys you know because now with that um we, we've got to know a lot of other companies um i don't want to say that <laughs> gotten to know a lot of other companies and and uh nikki does a lot of uh, um the advertising and stuff and getting to know a lot more people. Sure, right. and and the, and the family atmosphere is just awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, other businesses, you know, when it seems like at a racetrack, when you get into racing, the drivers support other drivers' businesses. Um, fans support the businesses of everybody, and it just it just a you know, trickle down effect. Everybody scratches everybody's back, and they
0: work together. Yeah, that's pretty special. That's great. I, I'm glad to hear that. That you guys really uh, summed it up very well. And I, I am a fan, and I, and I do come out. And for those that uh, haven't been and can get to a local track, encourage you to do so. Um, if you are in this area, be sure to, to check out and support On Deck Racing and, and uh, Minus Auto Service and Tires of Carlisle. And, and stop uh, by and give us a shout. Yeah, that'd <laughs> be great. Well, I want to say thank you to the On Deck family, and uh, we'll we'll call it a wrap. All right, we are back to Studio A. Thank you to Matt, Nikki, Dylan. Really appreciate your time and friendship, and I'm truly looking forward to following your 2020 race season, certainly as it gets up to full speed, pun intended. <laughs> but as we approach this new normal with everyday life, and I know that... Uh, a lot of uh, motorsport racing now, they're, they're actually racing, but no one's allowed in the stands and everything is then uh, streamed or, or broadcast, but uh, looking forward to when we get back to the stands and, and to uh, enjoy it in person. So let's give you that trivia answer. At the beginning of the show, I'd ask you, in what year was Midas Incorporated founded? The th- four choices were 1949, 1956, 1961, and 1974. Well, the answer is B, 1956. And with that, it the company is currently headquartered out of Itasca, Illinois. Uh, it was founded on April 20th, 1956. So 1956 was the year. Founded by Nate H. Sherman. And the first shop opened in Macon, Georgia, later that same year. And back then they were known as Midas Muffler. But as you're well aware, uh, Midas Incorporated is a, a franchise that's become one of the world's biggest automotive service providers doing really everything. Uh, And they have over 2,000 stores globally. So until you can come back to hang with us next week, I will say to you, my friends, drive well, be well, and take care.